0: Welcome to a special edition of the CK podcast here on the Basketball Zone Cowbell Kingdom YouTube channel. I'm your host Leo Bias and today we have a co-host by the name of Isaiah Ifoji. My man, how are you doing? I'm excited to have you on. You had me on your podcast. I liked it so yeah. much that I said, "You know what? I got to have this dude on the show." How you doing, brother? Oh
1: yeah. I'm good. How about yourself?
0: I am good. Uh, We're talking a lot of basketball today, different types of topics, NBA, King's talk. And I'll just wait for some people to join the show. It'll be available on iTunes. It'll be available on YouTube and Spotify and any other platform where you can get your podcasts as well. And maybe towards the end, we might take some questions or some phone calls, depending on the time. We'll get through the topics. We'll interact with you guys on the live chat, and then if you guys want to call in, I'll open up the phone calls for you guys, but we're trying to get out of here and watch the Lakers and the Nuggets, right? Oh, yeah. So, first things first, how long will it take the Kings to make the playoffs? Yesterday, they introduced new head honcho for basketball operations, Monte McNair, as a new GM. And as I've said in the past two episodes of this podcast, that I was expecting just that. Everything he said was low-key. He didn't really answer many things, honestly, if you really look at it. And he did what he had to do. And I think he has things up his sleeve. Sorry. So what did you think overall of his introduction yesterday, Isaiah?
1: Yeah, he didn't say too much. I know he's really young, and so a lot of people get age and experience really me- messed up. I think because he's young, he's just going to come in and make a bunch of boneheaded decisions. And attend to the players too much, but I think it's more so experience. And for a quick example, um, one of my favorite head coaches in college basketball, Josh Pastner at Georgia Tech, he was the he was 31 at the, as the head coach of the University of Memphis, and people thought, oh, like it's going to be a disaster. But it's like experience. He knew he wanted to be a coach since he was in the fifth grade. So imagine that young studying the game, and so I think people are misconceive um, being young with. Just just being young-minded, and he seems really mature, keeping things close to the vest. You know, I think the media wanted a few things to kind of, you know, a few things to nibble on, but I think he did the best thing, the more mature thing, to just kind of keep things close to the vest. And so I just wonder what he's going to do as far as making the actual moves. But it was solid. His introduction was solid.
0: Thousand percent. You hit it right in the head. He had to keep keep things in house pretty much. And one of the biggest takeaways for me yesterday was. Because of how the introduction went, I'm hoping that things don't get leaked like we've seen in the past 14 years with the Kings. They've been a lopping stock. Everybody knows what they're going to do or what they're thinking. My thing is keep that in-house. And when you less expect it, make that move. Right. So between his front office, he hired he, he brought back Kent who who is a great salary cap guy. And he's looking mm-hmm. to fill spots in his front office. Squad, And I believe he's going to surround himself, like he said, with a bunch of brilliant minds who think alike, who have the same goal. And that's to keep and that's to break this awful, awful playoff curse. I think it'll happen. How long will it happen is a question of the show. I'm saying two years, not this year, but the next. One of the biggest reasons why is because I don't believe in Luke Walton. I like the guy as a person. have had great interactions with him i just feel like the kings are doing things the wrong way right off the bat which is not allowing their new gm to have to bring in their own guy and they've done this time and time again under vivek ronadive's tenure as the new owner of the kings and it just seemed like he just hasn't learned i understand it from a from a financial standpoint not firing luke walton they don't want to essentially pay another guy to sit at home, pay him millions of dollars, and then have to pay the new guy, whoever that would be, millions of dollars. And there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on behind closed doors with the minority owners as well who have to pay some of that money and with the pandemic yeah. and the potential of not having fans next year, it makes total sense. But yeah. but if you want to do things the right way, and I continue to hamper on this, you have to allow your guy to bring in this, uh, his guy. And I told you guys he was gonna say, "Yeah, I love Luke. We we, we see eye to eye." And every new GM has been introduced has taken on yeah. someone else's head coach, right? Someone else's leftover, and they all say the same thing until they get fired, <laughs>
1: right? Exactly. So so, let's talk about other.
0: Uh, so I, I think two years. How long do you think?
1: I think, I mean, that's realistically, you got to see how everybody develops. I would like Harry Giles to stay with the, um, with the Kings. I don't know what's going to happen um, as far as they're declining, they're declining his option. Um, but I looked at some of the draft targets. I think they want the kid out of FSU, Patrick Williams. But for some reason at this stage, they claim they want to win now, but it's like they, their draft targets are all projects. As opposed, this is to where again I don't know if I'll be topping a slip to twelve, but this is this is where you get the senior, this is where you get the guy who contribute in the interim instead of drafting a project because that just delays the rebuilding process. You'll be in this thing for another three or four years because college to NBA is a big jump, and so two years sounds ideal, but just given the way they draft and the way they draft projects, it might take longer. But something has to be drastic. It has to be a drastic change. They have to get an older, experienced guy that's going to help them win in the interim instead of waiting as long if it wants to be two years. So it just all depends on their draft picks, their targets. And so this pre draft process is going to be kind of iffy because, you know, Corona, long story short, but in order for them to get to the playoffs in two years, they have to draft properly instead of, because they're, drafted, they're looking at Patrick Williams out of FSU. They're looking at a couple of guys, but they're all projects as opposed to a for sure guy who you know what you're getting out of them. So in order for them to make it in two years, they will have to draft right and then develop right.
0: Exactly. And today or yesterday, really, with uh, Woj breaking the news that the NBA made it official on how they plan on attacking the NBA draft combine uh, virtually Mm -hmm. beginning on September 28th through probably mid to late November. I got word uh, from some people who I know that it could be until November 31st and how they will approach it I think it's interesting. I think it's the only way, honestly, um essentially having one trainer and it being like a virtual live is essentially what we're doing now, but watching that individual that prospect work out. So how how that would work out is say they're from Atlanta. Um yeah. and whatever the nearest facility is, that's where it would be. And it's mm-hmm. for the people who get invited to the to the draft combine. As we know, everyone doesn't get invited, so I asked the question, what about the people who won't get invited to the combine? And I think it'll be just like any other pro day. They'll, they'll have their own trainer, uh, yeah. put them through drills. Again, to me it's difficult because as a potential front office person or a head coach who's watching these prospects, I'm thinking to myself, well, I would put them through different stuff or I would put them through this or that. And everything's yeah. gonna be catered to their strengths, I believe. Because if I'm the That's agent, yeah, like if I'm the agent, why would I show the weaknesses of my prospect, right? So yeah, it's, it's, it's gonna be a lot of guess- yeah. It's gonna be a lot of guessing. Yeah. Exactly. So it's it's to me, it's gonna be difficult. Anything else you want to add to that?
1: Yeah, it's just um, a lot of guys who don't. A lot of guys who fly under the radar won't be seen. There will be there will be a, um the no Terrence Davis is out of this year's draft. No guys who. Wouldn't get drafted. Well, because kind of you are what you are at this point. And it just makes it tough for front office guys to guess. And so essentially, um, just in terms of even Sacramento, even in terms of this team, they would just have to pick, right? And it's going to be a whole lot of guessing games. Agents are going to do what their guys are the most good at. They're gonna play to their strengths. They're not gonna show weakness. You know, I think everybody of course has to shoot the three-point shot. But if the guys a catch and shoot guy, they're not gonna implement a lot of off the off the dribble stuff. And it's it's gonna be a lot of a lot of games being played with the agents trying to make their guys like as best as possible. But I like it live instead of a workout video from YouTube to where if a guy misses six in a row, it's not just a bunch of his makes because it's right. the highlight is of course there to highlight you know to make make you look good so i suppose that's the takeaway from it and just get to see a guy work out and stuff but it'll be interesting to see what type of shape these guys are in and that could that could potentially hurt some people well i guess if a guy has a fluid you know workout for it's only 40 up to 45 minutes so i guess if a guy has a fluid workout it'll move him up some way but if the guy looks out of shape it's gonna move him down so it's gonna be interesting to see how this plays out and how vital of a role it is as, as far as um guys getting drafted
0: Thousand percent, a thousand percent. I know we originally had planned for projected top fourteen picks, and then we kind of changed it towards yeah. the end of the show because that's a whole show in itself, trying to exactly. break down fourteen dudes. You know, even 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 the first round. Right, we'll we'll dedicate a show as 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 a mock draft of the first round in the very near future, but today. Yeah. Let's talk about three prospects who you think are interesting, not just saying I like him or I don't like him, because interesting can be both things, right? Like, I think this dude's going to be a bust, so he's interesting because he has hype, or I really liked this dude. Some people are going to sleep on him. So that's that's what I, I define as interesting. So without further ado, who do you think is your top three most interesting players of this upcoming draft?
1: I would go LaMelo Ball. Okay. He's interested in me. Um, I like Tyrese Halliburton. Okay. And so LaMelo Ball, Tyrese Halliburton, and I'm, uh-huh. I want to say James Wiseman, but that, that just sounds too mainstream to go with those guys. So I'm going to show some love to another Memphis guy and go Precious Achua. Okay. Like it. So would you like me to start off with LaMelo Ball? Go ahead. Obviously, he's a 6'7", long, rangy, uh, springy, tantalizing prospect. Um, On the offensive end, of course, I know defense is in question, but I believe with his length and size, even if he puts a little bit of effort, he will be more than subpar defensively. But, um, again, not a whole lot of film. There's more hype than film, but I believe he's worth every bit of the hype. Um, For him to go 16 years old to a professional league in Lithuania, a lower tier club over there in Europe, and to even average three or four points. He's playing against grown men, as opposed to the prospect averaging 15, 20 points amongst their contemporaries. And so I think that's how you should look at it. But it's, it's going to be interesting to see. Um, I'm hoping they have like a fall league or a winter league, which is, of course, a lot with the summer league, of course, just to give these guys some run. In a bubble environment, that just to keep us safe, but I think he's interested in that regard, just to see as to what he'll do. But I believe he's going to flourish in the league. And then second, with Obi Toppin, he wasn't really highly heralded out of high school. Um, I think he went to prep school. His first offer out of prep school was Georgia. He's six nine, Amari Stoudemire vibes, of course. Um, not a lot of whole, not a whole lot of hip mobility um so with that with those tight hips every time he jumps for a rebound i realize that he lands in a valgus and that causes for injuries and i know that's probably dissecting him a little too hard but when you're looking at prospects you gonna look at all these little things because this is what they talk about sailing and they talk about the trajectory of an athlete so i believe aligning him with somebody in biomechanics or sports science will really bow him well for the future but he's he's very he's he's interested in me on the fact that he read, I think he redshirted his first year, and then his next year, I think he went. The year before this, I know he went to the Nike Hoop Summit and he got some 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 feedback from some teams. I think he was projected, you know, just a late a late first, early second guy, but I believe he was on Draft Board after the Nike Hoop Summit last year, and then he takes over the college hoops world in the A10 that day. And so with that being said, I'm just like that that ascension was so fast, and I wonder what his developmental track was like. And right. so that's why Obi Toppin is so interesting to me. And then I'm going with Precious Precious Achua, another I like guy him. with a whole lot, of, yeah, with a whole lot of defensive prowess on the, um, on that side of the ball. And I just wonder was he overshadowed by the whole Wiseman thing? Because I believe he, you know, he's six nine, athletic. I think a team teams can really use him. And I wonder could he fall be at twelve for Sacramento? Would he fit? He'll be there at twelve. defense? You think so? Yeah. And what, yeah, and what's interesting to me, I believe, I believe he he led the team in rebounds. I know he so so rebounds and defense are a strong niche. I'm sure he has some offensive tick to him, but he's. What does um, he remind you of though?
0: Do you see him playing the five or is 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 he a four? Because that's where I struggle with them. Like to me, he's a five, but he's not really strong enough to play the five. And it goes back to player development. Well, the Kings have the right infrastructure for a guy like him? Because if he goes to, say, the Heat or the Thunder or any of these teams
1: who well, Toronto.
0: excel, Toronto, who excel with player development, I would feel comfortable. But with yeah. the Kings, will he just be another, you know, one of these guys that they draft and they don't pan out and then we blame the kid and the reality is, you know, it was it had to do a lot with the situation because you're not drafting a star, potentially at yeah. number twelve. I mean, it's happened a lot, but you're yeah. like like both you and I have talked about. We're looking for a guy who can come in and contribute right away. And do you yeah. see him being that guy?
1: I don't know if you're familiar, but he reminds me a lot of Nas Reed. Nas Reed is a um he's a center out of LSU. Uh, he, I think he played some four when he was in the game with Caranthony Towns, but he went he went undrafted. He was projected first round talent of a lottery pick. I think they question his motor. He ended up going undrafted, two-way contract guy. And after summer league, he signed a deal for four years um, to to a standard contract. He reminds me a bit of him, undersized, but um, could play the game. So I just want it. Just depends on the lineups and who's the five in um Sacramento. Even let's just say he fell to Sacramento.
0: So right now, it's Rashawn Holmes, who's a hell of a basketball player, but yeah. they still need. As of right now, Alex Lynn will be a free agent. Harry Giles will be a free agent. Marvin Bagley, huge question mark, right? We don't know. So yeah. he could make sense for sure.
1: Yeah, and I guess it's whatever team he falls to, he could definitely be a four. But he's he just interesting to me because I believe he got oh, – um, oh, Memphis was definitely overshadowed with the whole James Wiseman fiasco. And James Wiseman, he would have made this top three list, but I think that list, that would have been way too mainstream. I had to show somebody some love on a different side of the spectrum. If I would have said LaMelo, Obi Toppin, James Wiseman, if you look at draft Boys, that's all you see. So I said Precious Achua, he's very interesting to me. I think he led the team in rebounds. Fantastic player. I'm excited to see him.
0: Okay. I like it, and going yeah. back to your point, I would say Lamelo too, right? Because there is such a bust star potential with him. I don't know if there's a middle ground with Lamelo, but if I had to bet, mm-hmm. I would say he would be—he's going to be a star in my opinion. Because I believe in him and I believe in his skill set. Yeah. That size, yeah. that basketball IQ is savant-esque, oh, and please. for someone, type Pete, exactly. And like I always bet on Basketball IQ over athleticism, over supreme athleticism any day of the week. That's just me, though. Because so it fades. When I see that and I see his touch with that floater, he's going to get better with better coaching. That's a fact. He's going to get stronger with NBA top, top medical staffs. That's a fact. Oh, yeah. So now it's his bad habits that he built his entire life since he was playing with his brother's um, as a what eighth grader I think as a 13 year old or something yeah. like that <clears throat> well they mm-hmm. carry on to the NBA and hurt him so much to the point where he won't be a productive NBA player like he has to check himself look himself in the mirror and say I gotta start playing defense or at least put in the effort towards playing defense and I think everything else will take care of itself that's why I'm banking on him being a star at the NBA level sorry.
1: Um, Definitely.
0: In terms of my top three guys, I'm going to go with Danny Advia. I love the kid. I think he's going to be a star as well. Everything from 6'9", to his foot speed, to his IQ as well, playing with grown men, playing with NBA players at his team at Maccabi. I just feel like, and we all know this, European teams will play their vets over any of the young guys. And after the, after the pandemic, post-pandemic, he was playing more. His percentages got better just because he was playing more. And anytime you mess up with someone's timing and rhythm, and basketball is all about timing and rhythm. When you put in a guy, and I watched the game pre-po, uh, pre-COVID against Real Madrid, in those eight minutes, he looked like a star. Like he was dominating. He came off the bench. He had like... Eight points right away, like in eight eight minutes. He had about three assists, about four rebounds. He was killing it, and you saw those sparks. And you pull him out, and you give him sporadic minutes after that. What do you think is going to happen? It's it's just it's just common sense. And I've always said, if Denny played in college basketball, the dude would average twenty five to thirty a game, without question in my mind. So when people say, "Oh, he has bad stats," they're they're not really looking at the full picture, and they're not really seeing it contextually either. I just feel like when people say he's the next uh, Saric, I laugh. And I'm like, Saric has nothing (laughs) at all with Denny Advia, like, at all. Uh, This dude is fast. He's versatile. At 6'9", if you utilize him the right way, he's going to be a beast. And I just hope he goes to the right situation. And I I would love for him to be on the Sacramento Kings with uh, De'Aaron Fox. And uh, a Rashawn yeah. Holmes, who is a great diver to the rack, who can play great defense. Again, Danny Advia is going to be a good defender at the NBA level. I truly believe that. Will it be Luka Doncic? No. And it's so unfair because every white Euro, everybody automatically assumes, oh, he, he he's just going to be not a Luka. Or, like, everyone. everyone's expectations now is Luka Doncic. Like, that's the most unfair There's thing. There's no middle
1: ground with European players. <laughs> is, he, is he really, is he Vizky, Luka, or is he bust? I was like, what?
0: Yeah, I I want a productive player, and I feel like because he has the experience already playing at a high level in Europe, one of the best teams in the world, honestly, then he's going to come in and he's going to give you productive minutes. That's why I think he's one of the most interesting prospects in the upcoming draft. I would say Onyekwa is another one. Uh, I love the kid, his defensive versatility, that little hook shot that he has, He's gonna come in and give you a spark defensively right away. He reminds me a little bit of Bam, but he's not as physical, obviously. But defensively, he's really good. He's really smart. Play with Lamelo Ball at Chino Hills, and right. I don't know, man. I I I like him a
1: lot. Uh, do you know Do you know a reporter by the name of Jordan Schultz? Yep, yep. I just he just had he just had on the live, and I was watching it, and I definitely commented. Bam's success will definitely play a toll in how Onyeka gets looked at, and I don't think like you know like he so Bama definitely played all these point centers and these um, versatile um, big guys. Bam's success will definitely be an integral um, part of how they get drafted or looked at, and so that's a good thing because Bam's definitely having a hell of a, uh, a time right now in the bubble. And, and so yeah, I can see Bam, that bro.
0: To. like I I slept on Bam. I wasn't very high really? on that, mean, I was completely wrong. Like, this dude is a beast. And year one, once I watched him play basketball, and then he came to Sacramento for the NBA Summer League in Sacramento, which was year number two, I believe. I, I said, on the vlog, this is all documented. This guy's going to be a star. Like, I saw him play point <laughs> center, and I saw him make those reads, and I saw his defensive versatility. I was like, dude, it's only a matter of time. And then this year he took off. Like, I was wrong in the pre-draft process because the way Kentucky uses their big sometimes it's very deceiving. The same with Michigan State and and Jaron Jackson, how a lot of people didn't think that he was going to be great offensively. Fact of the matter is he he had that game. It's just that Tom Izzo didn't allow him to be him. And when he came and and then when he came to the Memphis Grizzlies, he was balling, coming off of uh, screens and like shooting the ball at six eleven. I was like, God, like. <laughs> Where was this in college, right?
1: Speaking of big man Sacramento, Kentucky. What is the fiasco with Wayne Gabriel and Coach Calipari? I don't know if you kept up with that. I know Wayne was in, um, Wayne was in, um, he was in Sacramento for some time. Yep. But what's the fiasco between the two? If you know anything about I that, I have
0: no idea what it was. But again, that's another guy who reminds me of Precious. The big difference that I see between him and Precious is that Precious is a really good roller in the pick and roll, and I think that his yeah. game is more advanced. Then Wenion's and Wenian got a lot better when he went to the Blazers. Obviously, it's more structure. You got better players around him. But I was never a believer in Wenian. I watched Wenian work out for the Kings uh, when he came for one of the pre-draft workouts, and even when they got him. And a, a lot of it was because he had a great relationship with Darren Fox, and obviously the Kentucky connection. But when he was with the Kings, great, great kid, great personality. But again, this is just basketball. I'm not talking about him, the person, but the basketball player. I wasn't very high. I wasn't impressed, which is why the King straighted him. He played a lot better with the Blazers. But again, he would have never played if Collins wouldn't have gotten injured. Um, I, I just so, think he's a guy you know, that, that's a guy that will play 13, 14 type of guy at the end of the bench.
1: Are you – Um, you was in the pre-job workout?
0: Yeah, yeah. So I, I remember interviewing him for sure.
1: Wow. So, um, did, did he look in shape? Was he well? Yeah, I mean, he was, uh, was fine. He... He's
0: long. He's athletic. I just didn't believe in a shot. I didn't believe in the strength. And you saw that when he played with the Kings. Like at times, he looked lost. He looked good in in Stockton, at times. Yeah. But yeah, he, even there, to me, he wasn't as consistent as I would have liked him to be. And then yeah. he got traded for Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, and yeah. So it was Trevor Ariza, Wenyan and swan again for bays and uh and and, and Tolliver and, and maybe someone else that i'm not thinking of but that was a trade and he he played good minutes in the bubble he he gave him a spark he was that guy that would hustle but i just feel yeah. like you go. yeah yeah i i don't know i just was never really howling him and even even like a jakar sampson i don't know if you recall that guy like, I thought yeah, Dakar I Sampson was better than he was at what they did. So, I didn't mind trading him. I know, you know, Kings are going to say, oh, man, he's playing well. He's on the playoff team. Everybody that goes to a team who has a damn well man, you're going to look good. It's, it's, it's just the way it is.
1: Situational. Um, yeah, That's- it's all Situational. So that makes sense. But now one thing I do want to see this new GM do is utilize Stockton in a totally different way. Actually put that as an integral part of your team success. Stockton, the Stockton Kings, you know, again, Rico Hines, you have one of the most aforementioned developmental people in the basketball world on your staff. I'm not sure if he utilized correctly because he, he sure developed the hell out of Pascal Siakam and the Montres Hero. So I don't – you know, I think right. he could do the same – or Marvin Bagley, or Harry Giles, or whoever. So I believe they should. I believe this new GM should use Stockton Kings well.
0: Okay, so I said Denny Advia, Anyekwu, Kongu, and I would say my third man. I think the obvious is Vassell, no, okay. but uh, it's Vassell. But I'm gonna go with Neesmith. I think Neesmith will be available at number twelve. <laughs> He's a target.
1: Uh, I, I looked at it. He's a target.
0: Yeah, he's he's nice. He's uh, above 44% three-point shooter. And I know a lot of the people in the comments are saying Sadiq Bey, who I also like. He's solid. He's a Villanova cat. But I'm going to go with Neesmith because Neesmith has that size that I don't think a lot of people are talking about at 6'6", six, 6'7 six, six, with shoes. He's going to be nice. He needs to add some strength. He has a nice offensive game to him. You, if you run him off uh screens he's gonna be good and as i told you on your show he reminded me of cam johnson for the Suns, and he could be that Best. guy who can come in and get you buckets off the bench and if he can improve his defensive iq and just his overall defensive game i think he'll be solid for a long time and you know this shooters have long careers a man and everybody wants a shooter and i think he's that guy like he's that great of a shooter um, so those would be my top three guys. Obviously, like I said, Vassell. He's going earlier. In the beginning of the process, Vassell was targeted t- towards the Kings, but I think his stock has, has risen a lot, and I think he's going to be a top 10 guy. Uh, so with him out of the out of the spot, then I would go Smith. Obviously, you've mentioned other guys that they'll be targeting as well. It just depends, right? Whoever they draft would tell me what direction – what direction they're headed in. Um I think people yeah, so Jaden McDaniels, yeah, someone said Jaden McDaniels. I love Jaden McDaniels. I mean he he has to be one of the most interesting guys uh out of Washington. Super long, right? He, anytime you're six eleven, from six ten to six eleven and you can move like a guard, the kd comparisons will always come out. Unfair or not, that's just the way it is because yeah. of their because of their physical yeah. stature, right? Like the Brandon Ingram's of the world, McDaniel's has yeah. a lot of talent. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: the every every six six shooting guard is James Harden now. It's just it's it's crazy how the comparison can be.
0: <laughs> yeah. So Dan mm-hmm. McDaniel's, uh, and and again, Bay is a big one. I know you're high on uh, Sadiq Bay. So yeah, we'll see what they do. Um, I think we'll again we'll have a mock draft soon um yeah. what's the next topic that, that we're talking about
1: um i'm feeling like jamal murray's emergence
0: okay i was wrong yeah. about him too like that was one of the guys <laughs> that i was not high in that 2016 draft and a lot of it i just feel like he he has that clutch gene and he's so blessed to have joker essentially carry them right and he just closes out the games but I wasn't as high on him. Uh, He was a tweaker guard at at Kentucky, but his playmaking has gotten so much better at the next level. So, again, props to him, and I'm not afraid to say that I was wrong about him. Like, I was legit. I just didn't (laughs) know how he would fit um, with the Nuggets because I knew that they wanted to play him at the point, but I didn't see those skills very refined yet. And throughout the years, he's really worked hard, so I'll give him props for that.
1: Yeah, so I believe looking at the top seven, he went seven in the 2016 draft. He was drafted in the right place, one, but there was definitely more people, I guess, better than him at that stage. Ben Simmons, Buddy Hill, Brandon Ingram, Jalen Brown. Mm-hmm. I think the only one that I didn't did, can't resonate why he went, uh, I think Chris Dunn at six over Jamal Murray at seven. Was I mean, it Chris Dunn at happen- six?
0: No, no. That, yeah, the Chicago- I, I think it was Buddy Hill at six. No, Buddy Hill at
1: six. Chris Dunn went top. Six, he went five. Or, he went somewhere. She went. He went top to Chicago.
0: He went before uh, uh, Murray.
1: Yeah. Jeez, Louise!
0: I said that was a mistake.
1: That's, so I'm glad he got drafted there. And um, Calipari was saying the other day that Jamal Murray was the only Kentucky guard to average 20 in Calipari's tenure. So that that goes to show he can play with great people, and he thrives around great people. And I kind of said. um, the, this is off-topic, but Bradley Beal will be doing the same thing because they're both exceptional three-level scorers. And so I think this is, this is just bodes well for Jamal Murray. He's around talented people. He was around a talented crew of Kentucky, and he still averaged 20, e- and efficiently, of course, because Calipari doesn't do the one-man show, and Mike Malone doesn't do the one-man show. And so this, I guess this is all – it was all written. I believe this was all written. So I, his emergence was just – it's a surprise to me because different – Different type of hoopers came out in this bubble today. Like for a T.J. Warren to score 53, does he do, does he do that in a regular NBA environment? I'm not sure, but this is this this bubble is definitely A.A.U. type vibes for pure pure hoopers. So Jamal Murray's emergence is definitely something to marvel at. And I guess it was in a written because again, him being the only Kentucky guard to average 20 and around the talented cast efficiently means a lot. So,
0: so they're playing today. I think they should have one game two. They definitely uh-huh. won game three. They played very well. And if they win today, do you think the Lakers are in trouble?
1: I say this. The Lakers lost the last game because their effort in the first half wasn't there. Mm-hmm. And so Danny Green can have an shooting night or whatever. But one, you cannot have an off-night in effort against these Nuggets. Because these guys are hungry. And so, and then with Dwight Howard and JaVale McGee, the, the Lakers were out rebounded forty-five to forty. 44 to 25. Mm-hmm. So, and you're 6-9 across the board. That should not be happening. That should be that should be no excuse. I think Danny Green only had four points. And so I think it's just the effort, the three-point shot, and just – because Bron and AD, they're going to get their double-doubles. And so I feel like the supporting cast, I think JaVale McGee maybe had – I don't think he scored. It, it was really low. The supporting cast didn't really – Kyle Kuzma is the X-factor. I was expecting a lot more out of him. And so, but I think he did well, but I, I guess I was expecting too much. You just never know, but I think they cannot be they cannot have an off night in effort tonight. Because if it goes 2 2, then it's gonna be a series. It's gonna be a it's gonna be it's gonna be hell. It
0: really is. And I was thinking about this driving today. Are the Nuggets better than what all of us are giving them credit for? Have they always of course. been as good? Or are the Clippers and Lakers not as good as we
1: think they are? No, I think I think the Nuggets are better than we give them credit for, and I think it's time to start giving Mike Malone his flowers for his development. Torrey Craig went undrafted. Paul Millsap was a second-round pick. Jokic was a second-round pick. Would they, nobody saw this coming, and so I think, and they're so deep, and they picked Bo Bowl and they took a chance on Michael Porter Jr. So I think their developmental prowess. Or in their developmental staff, or just them, just them in that regard, we should be giving them their flowers. So we should be giving them the credit. The Lakers are as good as advertised, but again, it was the effort. That was the only thing that stopped the Lakers from winning the game. So okay, I think it's so, time to give. Them the okay, credit. so it
0: was Ben Simmons, Ingram, Jalen Brown, Bender was number four, Dunn um, healed, and Murray. Okay, so that, Bender was the one that I couldn't remember. I was like, who the hell went? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. So see wow. so the draft
1: is an exact science in itself. So it's okay. It doesn't matter where you draft it, as long as you get in. So it's fine. It's fine.
0: Um and as a matter of fact, Dunn is a very serviceable backup point guard. He's a he's a pest defensively. For sure. And so I'm not mad, honestly, at that, but I am mad about Bender. Uh wow. Okay. So Bender was the uh, wild card there. <laughs> uh yeah. the recycling of some of the same coaches in the NBA was our next topic. Tell me,
1: tell me about it. So,
0: did you uh, like yeah. the hire of uh, what's his name going to the Bulls?
1: Was it Boy- no? Boylan Bi- got fired. Um, Billy Donovan. Billy Don. He had to he had a great time with the OKC, but um, I believe Jay Williams said this: "You want to get this guy, you want to let him go take blow off some steam, regroup." I wonder, if he's still stressed out? Like, you just never know. I think it's time to give the new guys a thing that, you know, the whole Mark Jackson's being blackballed from the league. That could be a thing. Ty Lue still doesn't have a job. I don't want to see Ty, Ty in New Orleans. Okay. Well, no. Well, yeah. Well, I'm not sure how that will work. I think Chicago was best for him because I feel like their core is definitely, a, you know, they have a good core. With Levine, Kobe White, Daniel Gafford's on the rise. Um, Marketing, it's, yeah, so I, I think Talu would have been a great man for the job. But let's just see how this goes because Billy Donovan definitely knows how to coach. So we're not going defi- to deny him that.
0: Yeah, so. he's from a wins and losses record. This year would have been his best if it wasn't shortened. I think he did a great job. Nobody expected the, the Thunder to take the Rockets to seven games. Nobody expected them to make the playoffs. And they were a hell of a basketball team. They were tough. I didn't like the X and O's from their offensive game plan. I thought they played way too much one-on-one. Their offense was way too way too stagnant for my liking, yeah. which then made the Rockets seem like they were good defensively, because, oh, the best defensive team in the bubble. And I was like, bro, it's not that hard no. to guard the Oklahoma City Thunder. So there was so many misperceptions about that, and going into the Laker game, it gave them more credit than what they really deserved. Again, I give them props for taking them to seven games, the fact of the matter is, and I'm not a Russell Westbrook hater. Russell Westbrook made that team worse, and the and the Rockets would have closed them out if it wasn't for him returning sooner.
1: No, you're a Russ hater, bro. You definitely hate Russ. You told me. You told me. He <laughs> definitely, definitely called me. his said, "I hate Russ." Uh,
0: no, I, I did. I just I just feel like he's a black hole in the playoffs, man. It Has nothing to do with him being a guy who leaves it on the floor every single game, which I love. I love his effort. I love his passion. But if he's your second, or obviously he's not a number one guy. But if he's your second best player, you're not going very far. He needs to be your third option, in my opinion. Yeah,
1: I could see that. Um,
0: so there are other guys like ex ex uh, Sacramento Kings head coach and Dave Yeager who I've will heard about running. Right, he'll be in the running for a lot of these openings, like Indiana uh new orleans well she got new orleans houston right houston's one and then philadelphia is another one how will these teams really approaches with the pandemic how much money do they want to give up so many interesting things man because they're saying that if mike d'antoni goes to the sixers they're going to change a lot of the squad or though they're going That's to at saying. least try to so when that happens and, and those and, and those rumors start, which this leads on to the next one, potential trades, Buddy Heels yeah. name is always brought up because he's a elite shooter, in my opinion, top three shooter in the world. And if you put him in a Mike D'Antonio system, he's going to excel, right?
1: Yeah. Shoot it. Yeah. 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 Small ball could work in the East. Don't go small. Don't try to do small ball with Philly. But if he's somewhere in the East, I believe it could work. Okay. And so, you know. So I believe it could work. They'll be okay. But um, yeah. So it, it just depends. This Jaeger guy, I never really, I never really kept in touch with him. How is he?
0: Dave is a really good coach. It's just a, it's just the fact that he always had issues with the front office because he wanted to do things his way. And again, if I'm the head coach, I'm gonna want wow. things my way. Yeah, and I'm groovy. gonna want to coach my team to win games and not to serve as oh as development guys like no like I want to win games and if you deserve to play you're going to play and if you don't deserve to play then, then I'm going to bench your ass that's that's simple <laughs> so obviously they wanted to play Marvin Bagley and, and, and other people and he was like no like these other vets are better than him and the team is playing better with the vets again I understood both sides of the story as a front office you want your guys to develop as a head coach you want to win games because that's what you're ultimately what you're they blame you for wins and losses, right? You're scored on wins and losses, so I understood Dave Yeager as well. Um, I know a lot of people on on the chat are still talking draft. Uh, people are asking, is Russ getting traded? I think they should, but it, it's going to be a hard, hard that contract. Contract, Please. right? The contract is crazy. Um, is there any proposed? Any potential trade that you like to see or propose it out there that that you like, and that way we'll let some people talk about it.
1: Um, this is my dream. I want to see Giannis to Dallas. <laughs> I want to see him go to Dallas so bad with KP and Luca. that will be crazy. But I know How would that worked
0: though. Well, um. Well, what would they have to give? Oh well, he's a free agent. So yeah. Man, that's, that'd be unfair.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think anywhere that'd he goes be would be a cheat code. But I, I think that's why the media gave him MVP. They want to keep him. They want to keep him in Milwaukee. It's a good narrative. It's good for the league. Yeah, of To course. have it all balanced out. Because anywhere he goes, he's a cheat code.
0: If he goes to the Warriors, it's like KD all over again. Like, why would you want to watch basketball? You know who's going to the championship.
1: Even if he goes to Sacramento, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey, man. If he came to the Kings, we'll build him a statue, oh. First day, oh he got, first day he gets out of the airport, the Kings of a statue, man, big fat. Leo said
1: he'll, he'll Leo said he'll clean out his locker himself.
0: I would, man, I would, but honestly, <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Um, I think yeah. we had a solid show today. We we discussed a, a variety of, of topics. Anything else For you sure. want to talk about before we go watch the game? Because I don't know if it started yet or not, but. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what projects are you working on? Uh, where should people follow you? All those good things.
1: Um. Yeah, for sure. So I know a lot of my content is on Instagram TV, and I did it like that because I just wanted to be a one-stop shop for my personal stuff. And so you could just follow my Instagram at Isaiah underscore Efoji. I don't know how it'll be. It'll be spelled correctly, but Isaiah underscore Efoji. And everybody subscribe to my YouTube channel. A lot of my content will be put on YouTube, and it's just Cut the Deck TV. Cut the deck TV and just subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um Leo here, Cowbell Kingdom. He was a he was on my podcast um last weekend, I believe. And so we talk some good hoop too. So a lot of my content will be on my YouTube soon at Cut the Deck TV. But you can follow my Instagram at Isaiah Ifoji, and you can follow my Twitter also as well as True Champ underscore zero zero one. Well, it's a lot more hoop talk with a lot of more media personalities, journalists, and just you know just hoop heads. And you can always get to my DMs on Instagram, Twitter, or whatever, and just talk hoop because it's something I like to do twenty four 7 25 five eight.
0: Facts. I think someone just said. There's a package out there that doesn't require us taking either Harris or Horford. Then I would do it. Obviously you're going to have to take on one of the big contracts and Tobias Harris's contract is one of the worst in the NBA. you know. So along with Horford's again, I love both players, but Tobias ain't worth $40 million a year. And then uh, Horford definitely isn't worth 30. So, it's going to be tough. I mean, if Mike if Mike accepts that job in one of the most ruthless cities in terms of fans who, ex- who demand and expect so much, I don't know how he's going to play his style of ball with such a big team. But we'll see, man. So we'll talk more strategized trades. We'll write them down, have them pre-checked in the NBA yeah. trade machine before we propose them just want to come on here and just talk, you know, like I said, top three most interesting prospects. And then we talked about how many years we think it'll take the Kings to make the playoffs. I said two. I think, Isaiah, I think you said three?
1: Yeah, it's going to be more than two, probably three. Okay.
0: So that's what we think. Let us know what you guys think. Again, we'd appreciate if you guys can drop a review on iTunes and just slap this video. Slap that like button. Share with all your fellow NBA fans, your NBA community. We appreciate y'all's support, guys. Thank you guys so much for the support. And we'll see you guys on the next one.